Abbott has gone forward with Stewart to the right, Lineker and Howes to the left. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. Oh, I bet even he can't believe it. Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that this stadium has ever seen. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Hitting the Bar, the football podcast. I'm Chris Carl. And I'm Jeff Saunders. Right, Jeff, let's start off with your trivia question. Right, OK, this week it concerns uh, a match, Liverpool versus Bolton in 2006. Liverpool's goalkeeper, Pepe Reina, gave away a free kick that Gary Speed scored from. This is the last time a keeper has been penalised for this offence in the English Premier League. What was the offence? Intriguing as ever, let's uh, move on to what happened this last week, and I suppose we'll get to our respective teams later but first of all I'm going to say that uh, Chelsea dropped points in a nil-nil draw at Leeds and I can't remember when no goals were scored when Leeds were playing yeah it's, it's the one result that you wouldn't have, have predicted isn't it nil-nil in a match involving Leeds Chelsea okay they, they can view it as a point gained but I think it's more like two points lost to be honest and I don't think they they clicked in attack they they seem to lack something and um, not sure if it was energy or, or, or what but they dropped two points there. Yeah, I suppose we'll come to it, but there seems to be a lot of teams lacking energy that weekend. Under Tuchel, they've hardly conceded any goals, Chelsea, but they I don't think they've got that bite. They've got some great attacking players, and yet I don't think of all of them, Timo Werner doesn't seem to be performing, and he didn't really under Lampard, did he? I don't think, really. Well, I, I think this, this weekend was quite unusual in that he didn't play well. I think he's played well in nearly every game without scoring, and he had that one game where he did, he made a goal, he made one of the goals, scored the other, and he thought, okay, right, he's going to kick on now, but actually he seems to have gone backwards. And there were the rumours which which were floated the day before that he was looking to leave Chelsea at the end of the season. So it's possible that something has happened behind the scenes. He's not settling in London, you know, one of these sorts of things. But those sorts of things are the things which are solved by scoring goals. Not being happy is solved by doing something that makes you happy. So I don't know if it's Tuchel or if it's just the Chelsea squad. Are they flattering to deceive? Because they, they haven't lost under him. They've hardly conceded any goals, but they were slightly exposed by Leeds who, who kept them at bay. No, I don't think they're flattering to deceive. And, and I think with the work that Tuchel has done so far, they look far more positive and they look a much better team. And I think by the start of next season, I think you could reasonably put some money on them finishing in the top two. Yeah, I'm afraid you're probably right. Uh, having seen them play, the difference is that under Lampard, they just lost too many games and he's not losing those games anymore and they're very, very tight at the back, Chelsea. Uh, so you, you definitely, you know, there is a chance of top two for them next season. There's a, a building job going on there. He's getting that team together. Crystal Palace beat West Brom. They're down and out West Brom now, aren't they? Just about. We'll talk about Sheffield, who are also uh, done and finished, but losing away at Palace, who uh, I think have got one of their highest um, points tally or heading for the highest points tally ever. Yes, they are. Uh, certainly the highest points tally in the Premier League. Yeah, they, they might have done relatively better in the, the, the very old days before the Premier League. But yeah, in, in Premier League times, yes, this will be the record number of points. Yeah, so we always say, or I certainly say, you know, the Palace are just one of those teams that are there that don't actually do anything. They never get to a cup final. They don't challenge for Europe. They're there to, as we've said, you know, upset 
some of the top six teams by not letting them win games that they need to. But they have got their highest points tally in the Premier League. And there's still a few games to go. So he's done a good job, Hodgson. He has done a good job, yes. The, the question for Parrish now is, does he does he want to push on and do better? Bearing in mind that pushing on and do better, doing better costs money and nobody's got any. So, so maybe actually in, in this sort of coronavirus affected season, Roy Hodgson was the perfect manager for them. Yeah, he, he manages in the sense that he, he manages with what he's got um, you don't hear him complaining about not no money on the table or uh, you know there was a player I was after I didn't get him uh, but they beat West Brom who are down and out I'm going to ask you because we did mention it before but does that mean once they go down Allardyce will stay I have no idea it all depends on the deal that he signed doesn't it if I was West Brom and I'd just gone down and I've got Allardyce there I'd want to keep him he's got a very good record of taking taking teams up so I can't I can't think of anyone that's materially better than him for that job in the championship to be honest yeah and then later on on Saturday afternoon a result that at the time gave me and you I suppose as a West Ham fan and me as a Tottenham fan hope for our potential top four challenge and that was Everton 1 Burnley 2 and we wanted sort of Everton out the race and it just just surprised me that it was Burnley that did it yeah and 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 they deserved it too they played very good football start to finish thoroughly deserved the win gave the lie again to the the people who who make the assumption oh they're just a long ball team and they're very boring no they're just a very good team very well managed and they thoroughly deserve their win and another goal of the season contender yeah so well done to Burnley I think that was a bit of a surprise for Everton and did give us all hope at that stage Burnley again you know making themselves safe from a potential relegation then the other team were trying to get out of the bottom three, Fulham, who've had a great run lately. I think we would have seen, I think everybody would have said Fulham nil, Man City three. And it was a it was a routine, wasn't it? And I don't think Fulham can be blamed for losing that game. Yeah, the, the only questions going into it are when would Manchester City score? It was always likely to be 3-0 and it was a regulation win for them. Fulham did what Fulham have been doing. They looked quite good when they had the ball. But let's be honest, they were completely outclassed. As expected, Man City go marching on, top of the table and... Just waiting to be crowned champions, I think. Uh, Southampton won Brighton too. Brighton winning away from home and scoring a whole two goals in one match. And they deserved it. It was a good good performance by them. They have been playing very well all season without scoring. Shows what happens when you score goals, doesn't it? It does. And I've said it before, and it's a sort of romantic notion perhaps, but I was really pleased that Adam Lallana and Danny Welbeck were signed by Brighton because Brighton play attractive football and I thought they'd thrive in that team. On Sunday, they certainly did. Lallana was man of the match. Uh, Graham Potter said he was brilliant. And Danny Welbeck providing an assist and was uh, terrorising the defence all game. So those two proving their worth they don't play every game but I thought they played really really well yeah I, I think next season Lalana will play every game um, Welbeck of course can't play every game because he's injured every other time well three weeks out of four but if he can stay fit as he showed he's a handful good centre forward but what about Southampton I, don't, I can't I can't remember the days when they won a match they have slid considerably uh, I think they've probably got the worst record over the last 10 games of any team what's gone wrong do you think what, what's gone wrong I, I don't know I have no idea. The, the players are the same ones who did so well before Christmas. It has to be down to motivation or belief. Having lost so many matches and shipping nine in one match, maybe it's just really not them back. I don't know. One, one thing I would, I would not do is sack the manager because of it, because they've got one of the best managers in Europe there. Yeah, I mean, that is 10 defeats in 12 games. 
for Southampton. So we can understand that there's something definitely wrong there. But I don't think it's the manager. I don't think it's the managers. One other team uh, who look like they're going to get relegated and have just lost their manager, Sheffield United, were thumped by Leicester 5-0. Terrific hat-trick. <laughs> just, just Leicester were brilliant. Yeah, I think Sheffield United were very lucky it wasn't 8 or 9. It, <laughs> could, it, it could easily have been, particularly the, the last 15 minutes where Sheffield United had completely given up. The only thing that stopped Leicester scoring was if they over-elaborated. If they'd kept it simple as they did earlier in the match, they could easily have got 10, to be honest. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, Leicester are, I think, nailed on for top four now. So you've got Man United, second possibly, Man City are going to win it. Chelsea looking good for the top four possible finish. And Leicester, do you think, I mean, we'll come to Tottenham's and West Ham's uh, losses in a moment, but that aside, do you think there is any chance any other team out of those current top four that could possibly end up in the top four I, I think there's a chance if I had to bet money on it I'd say the top four will stay the way they are can Liverpool get there well they can will they I, I'm i not sure I'm really not sure anymore there, there is something going wrong there will Spurs no I don't think they will because they win one lose one draw one in that order it's not not going to be enough points um, West Ham no because we, we get altitude sickness get up there and just, just freeze and panic so no I think the top four will stay Stay the top four. All right, well, you say win one, lose one, draw one, Tottenham. You guys freezing and getting out. I think that's time to talk about our teams because both pushing for top four or top six. Both bottled it and lost it over the weekend. Tottenham were away at Arsenal. Having I'm going to come out with all the excuses, of course, but Tottenham lost 2-1 to Arsenal. Let's start with the way Tottenham started, which was like deer in the headlights, frightened, couldn't get hold of the ball, didn't want to get hold of the ball, sat, sat back and let Arsenal play around with the ball. It was, can we have the ball, please, sir? You know, they didn't, we didn't even want to get the ball off them. And yet we had Bale, Son, Mora and Kane up front. It looked like an attacking team that he went for and yet the pl- the players just sat back and watched they were spectators yeah your your midfield just sat sat too deep and and just tried to keep the game in front of them it, w- it was very very negative but there was no energy there you could see the difference from the kickoff in the energy levels between Arsenal and Tottenham every every second ball in midfield was picked up by a Wanderers player it was it, it was kind of kind of like a, a training match of the first team playing the playing the reserves there was no spark in in the Tottenham team at all until Lamella came on and he added a little bit of bite to Xhaka's ankles usually and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he'd obviously be given an instruction to wind Xhaka up but you know when you think how dirty Xhaka and Gabriel are in every game inc- including this one they they well deserve it but uh, yeah Lamella got it got himself sent off for second bookable offense and quite frankly he deserved to be sent off he could have been sent off a couple of times before but why why do the same rules not apply to Gabriel and Jack I mean Gabriel must be the dirtiest player in the Premier League at the moment he just goes around the pitch fouling people I mean does he ever touch the ball yeah we'll come to that because well first of all the only reason that Lamella was on is because quite worryingly for Tottenham fans Son one of that attacking four went off pulled a hamstring went off quite early in the game so we were up against it from the start we didn't want to play we were had no energy levels. It looked like the players were absolutely shattered. I mean, Hoiberg played 90 minutes of every Premier League game. Gives you an indication. Son has played nearly every game, uh, either as a sub in European games or not. So we were up against it from the start. We didn't want to play. We were knackered. Then Son goes off, replaced by Lamello, who scored a brilliant goal. But I have to say, whether we deserve to get anything out of that game or not, and we probably didn't, I think, and you say about Gabriel fouling people all over the pitch, I think Arsenal played quite dirty. And I think, Michael, we're allowed to say this, players aren't and managers aren't, but I think Michael Oliver 
had a either pro Arsenal or anti Tottenham bias because it did feel to me like decisions were going against us, notwithstanding the penalty which we'll come to. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm don't have anything in, in on either side to this, but you know whether Tottenham or Arsenal win, don't really care very much. But he, the referee refereed the two teams completely differently. There were different standards applied to Tottenham than to Arsenal, and you know Gabriel and Jacker just went around the whole the, the pitch just kicking kicking ankles and stamping on toes and going through the back of players' knees and with virtually complete freedom. And, you know, how Gabriel was still on the pitch and how Xhaka was still on the pitch at the end is, is a complete mystery to me. Lamella was deservedly sent off, but so should those two have been. We, we can't leave without mentioning that goal, the Rabona. That was just absolutely fantastic. It was a player thinking incredibly quickly, I am completely blocked off, I have no sight of the goal, but the Rabona, which starts off wider to the right than he, he would be able to to get had he moved the ball there with the natural spin because of the angle that the foot comes down on the ball just brilliant and fantastic that he had the balls to do it in a match players do that in training all the time but to do it in a match is just incredible goal of the season so far for me yeah as you say I think not only was it very skillful and also it's, it's part of that flair you want to see as, as a spectator but having like you say having the balls you know all those people in the penalty box we had been playing well at that point you'd excuse him for doing something a lot simpler and if you see afterwards Regulon had his his hands over his ears and his mouth wide open as if to say I don't believe what I've just seen that can't have happened and and it did, and it was possibly goal of the season. It was fantastic. But you would think after that, Tottenham would have found... Because it was against the run of play. You'd have thought Tottenham would have found a spark, but something was frightening them. Don't know if it's Mourinho's tactics. He did put up an attacking front four, um, and I thought, here we go. You know, We're going we're gonna to have a go at this. We, we, it's years since we won at Arsenal. It's not the end of the world. But I would have thought we'd have sparked into life after that. But we just didn't. And then came the penalty. If that challenge had happened outside the penalty area, it's, it would usually be given as a free kick. Inside the penalty area, it's rarely given as a free kick. And to me, looking at it, it looked like shoulder to shoulder. And last time I looked in the rules of football, that is allowed. To me, it's a bit of a puzzle that he gave it. And then refused to look at VAR to confirm it, which, which kind of confirms my view that he was you know he was refereeing on behalf of one side well yes I don't think we would have the way we were playing at that point gone on and won the match possibly on balance if you do it like a boxing match score we probably lost that game quite fairly that's fine but it did change the game and Michael Oliver is famous for being you know Mr. Big I Am VAR suggests to you do you want us to review it and he just waved he just waved VAR away and didn't bother to look at it immediately agreed with his own decision if you like and refused to to change it it was sort of the ball had gone away from Lacazette he was already falling Sanchez barged into him it was shoulders to shoulder both players were going down and then Sanchez's leg slid under Lacazette as he was already falling onto them and the ball wasn't anywhere near him. We would have never got to the ball if Sanchez hadn't even been in the penalty area. That was never a penalty. And then I think after that, we'd lost the game. But then in the second half, especially after Lamella was sent off, he probably did on balance because of some of the tackles he did. He probably did deserve to, to go off, but not for that actual offence. Yeah, the offence he was sent off for was was his, uh, was his the least of the offences he'd, com- he'd committed in the match. Um, he, he should have been sent off earlier for at least definitely one, probably two of the earlier offences. So he can't have any problems with that. The, the, the problem I would have if I was the manager is why did Tottenham only start to play in the last 15 minutes and look as if they you know had they played like that for the rest of the game they'd have won easily there, there's nothing in that Arsenal team 
with the exception of Saka, that any any team needs to be afraid of. Tottenham are far and away a much, much better team. And why they were so tentative and negative, I, I really don't understand. Regulon at left back is one of the best left backs in the, in the league. And he had a good battle against Saka. Sometimes Saka beat him, some, sometimes he didn't. But Saka was the only, he's the only dangerous player in that Arsenal team. There's nothing else to be worried about. So I don't understand Tottenham's performance at all. Last 15 minutes showed you'd have won that match easily if you'd played like that throughout. Yeah, it was very, it was just very strange. And I'm sure you'd argue Mourinho's tactics were wrong, but I think also the players. I mean, I saw the team sheet and I thought, Bale, Son, Mora and Kane up front. Regulon's playing, he's brilliant. I thought, this is it, you know, we, we might actually finally win at the Emirates. It could be we'll win 2-1 or something like that, but we should do it. Then the, f- the first whistle went and all the players sort of just stood there. It was just very, very odd. I, I would argue that it wasn't just the last 15 minutes. For part, big parts of the second half, we were the better team. And I think we made Arsenal look good, though, in the end. We just made them look good, and they're not as good as that. No, they're, they're definitely not as good as that. Um, but equally, if I was a Tottenham fan, I'd say, well, OK, so, you know, we lost against the Wanderers away. Well, you know, these things happen. We, we go on. What is of most importance for Tottenham is what you do in your next match. For me, you know, the, all uh, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know that as a Tottenham fan, I accuse Arsenal fans of getting very excited and obsessed, and perhaps I am the same as them, but Arsenal fans behaved like they'd won the Cup Final uh, or the Champions League, even though they beat us or draw with us every time at the Emirates. It's not a great, like you say, it's not, not a great big surprise. It's, not the, it's just another football game. It's another game away at a stadium where we haven't won in years. Big deal, move on. But then what, as you say? Well, we've got Dinamo Zagreb uh, this week in the Europa League. We're 2-0 up at um, half-time, if you like, from the first leg. Dinamo Zagreb are managerless because their manager was found guilty of fraud this week and is due to start four and a half years in prison. Uh, The fraud was actually against Dinamo Zagreb. Apparently, he and one other person defrauded the club of $18 million. So he'll be in prison. That'll help. But beating Dinamo Zagreb, as we had done previous to the Arsenal game, only papers over the cracks. Dinamo Zagreb are 35th in Europe, European rankings, and we're 13th. So you'd expect to beat them. That's not going to help, is it? No, not not very much. And I think 35th is very generous ranking, but then yeah. those UEFA rankings are rubbish. I think Dinamo Zagreb are a maybe lower-level championship championship team in terms of their quality. There's nothing to be scared of scared of there. It's, what's important for Tottenham is the next Premier League match what do you do well we're away from home at Aston Villa who are no mugs they're no mugs and they will feel free to play against Tottenham I think Tottenham feel sometimes it looks like the Tottenham players look frightened to lose frightened to try any flair and they they just seem scared and uh, of something uh, they, don't, they don't have self-belief, that's what it is. There's no self-belief. And if Tottenham repeat the, the performance that they did against the Wanderers the other day and they play with the same lack of energy against Villa, who play with very high energy levels, and potentially a return for Grealish, there's there's nothing down for you, as they say up north. Yeah, I mean, there've been games this se- there have been games this season and earlier in the season, before December, when it all seemed to go slightly wrong for Tottenham and then quite wrong for Tottenham and then a lot wrong for Tottenham. Uh, before that, we were playing with this self-belief and this movement that look great and something has changed and I don't know if it is the, the manager, I don't know if it's the players, it's just very, very strange. It's very strange what's happened and they do seem frightened of failure somehow and the way, the best way not to fail is not to do anything, which they actually physically didn't do against Arsenal and against Villa they've got to be very careful because Villa will have no fear and they will not have the, I think Tottenham are constrained by certain um, over-expectation maybe. I'm not sure it's that, I, I, I think what you said... I 
minute ago is probably the thing. They're scared of making mistakes. And you know, West, West Ham do this all the time. They, they start defending deep. You, you get into this, this mindset where, OK, if I keep the play in front of me, keep the opposition in front of me, then I'm safe. The trouble is you're five yards or ten yards further deep. So they're five or ten yards closer to your goal. And you're just giving them too much of the game. Whereas you actually need to push up. And that, that's what pressing is all about. You push up high, you press, you make the opposition lose the ball a long way away from your goal. It's the best way of defending. Now, no Mourinho team has ever pressed. Certainly not regularly. They do it occasionally. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why he's so many years out of date. But Villa will. Villa will push you. And they will always play with a very, very high energy level. Always looking to be positive. And they're going to make life very, very difficult for Tottenham. You might well be without Son as well, which which isn't going to help you. No, I mean, he's been ever present, has Son. I think, along with a few other players, and it's not an excuse, but it is. I think he is very, very tired. And it's shown in the last few games he's not been up to his best although his best is a lot better than most other people's but we may very well be without him uh we'll talk about the we'll predict our scores a bit later let's talk about West Ham they also lost on the same day which is good for Tottenham because he would have gone way ahead of us but it was to an own goal and it was 1-0 to Man United. I think you'd have to say on the balance of play, Manchester United deserved the win, even though they couldn't manage to get the ball in the goal on their own. But it's one of these things where I get very frustrated at Moyes. He set out to be to be negative and to defend against a team that, that didn't warrant that much respect. They only got one goal against us, which was an own goal. Why didn't we go there and attack? Don't die wondering. That's the, that's the key. Why not go into it thinking, OK, we're going to lose. We're playing Manchester United with their billion pound squad at Old Trafford we're going to lose okay so we may as well go down fighting the result's the same in either case except that if you go down fighting you might actually not go down at all you might win there was nothing to be scared of with Manchester United no team should be scared of Manchester United anymore Solskjaer is the one who's got the fear he's the one who's playing two holding midfield players why on earth are they playing two holding midfield players when they only need one and they could have an, an extra attacking midfielder on the pitch I don't understand it and there is nothing to be scared of with Manchester United and I don't understand why, why teams are so scared of them yeah I mean like you I watched the game uh, I, I, was, I don't know what I was hoping for because you know we're both looking for that top four spot I kind of was hoping that West Ham wouldn't get a, a result there obviously it did look like yeah we're going to lose anyway so why bother and like with Tottenham never won at Arsenal for I don't know how many five years or something well, well what's the point but the point is you haven't so you might as well give it a go what are you going to lose yeah I think the difference between West Ham and, and Tottenham is that West West Ham went in with a plan and executed it. I think they actually played better as a defensive unit than Tottenham did. This is West Ham. This is not some other team that plays ordinary football. This is West Ham. We're supposed to attack. That's what we're all about. And it just does disappoint me with Moyes that he gets this, you can call it pragmatism if you like. But if you believe, if you genuinely believe that you're going to lose, then go down fighting for God's sake. If you think about the two teams and the two managers, Tottenham and West Ham, pragmatic and careful and cautious is sort of their watchwords and it does make me wonder how the game between the two earlier in the season ended 3-3 uh, with those two cautious pragmatic managers right what about um, Liverpool yesterday then beating Wolves 1-0 uh, unfortunately for Wolves it was uh, one of their ex-players that scored the goal uh, Nuno Santo the manager of Wolves and a lot of Wolves fans I've seen online last night and this morning complaining just as Tottenham fans had the right to about 
bias and VAR for thinking that the referee was very, very unfair to Wolves. But Liverpool getting an important three points, finally. They, they got the points, yes. Uh, did they deserve them? No, I don't think they did. I think Wolves were the more convincing team, as in, you know, 11 players all playing together with the same the same idea and the same execution. Liverpool goal was, was lucky. It was a well-hit shot, but goalkeepers should not be beaten at the near post like that. That was a Joe Hart special, you know. He's not called near post Hart for nothing, but, but Rui Patricio is 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 going to get a reputation to, to rival that of Hart if he keeps doing that. He got his hand to the ball, big hand too, should have pushed it wide. Goalkeeper should never be beaten at the near post. And forwards should never shoot at the near post, by the way. One of the things I was told by the people who taught me football very, very early on, the question was, when can a forward shoot for the near post? When he scores. That's the only time. But it was bad goalkeeping that let the goal in. I don't think Liverpool were convincing an attack, to be honest. There's, there's still work to do there for Klopp. Um, a lot of work if he's going to get into the top four, and I think he'll fall short. But didn't play terribly convincingly. They played okay, but they got the points. So that's the name of the game, isn't it? Yeah, and psychologically, I suppose they'll see they've gone above Tottenham, who have a game in hand on them. But uh, you know, the way Tottenham are playing doesn't guarantee you of anything. But yeah, they are Liverpool finally getting back to winning ways. We mentioned there earlier about Sheffield United getting beaten. They were without their manager, and it was because st- he'd been sacked. Uh, Chris Wilder's left the job. Sheffield United. What do you reckon to that that whole episode where it was was he sacked? Wasn't he sacked? Then finally they made the announcement. He was sacked, but I I do think he spent um, most of the time since since Christmas trying to get sacked. I think it's a situation he has engineered. There there are stories about significant disagreements between himself and the owner, and the owner is um, is quite understandably pissed off that he backed Wilder with forty two million pounds in investment on two players, including the Ryan Brewster from Liverpool, who have and both both of those uh, those buyers have done nothing or worse than nothing so I think something serious has happened behind the scenes the chairman said only a couple of weeks ago that Wilder is, is the man to keep to get Sheffield United promoted I think he's worked his way out of that and it was a leaving by mutual consent the situation at the end of the week was, was quite bizarre with the each manager does a, a press conference immediately before the, the round of games uh, Sheffield United announced that Wilder wouldn't be doing it and cancelled the contract and then briefed all the the journalists to say that Wilder was leaving or was being fired, one of the two. And it took about a few days for the League Managers Association to negotiate Wilder's leaving package with uh, with Sheffield United before it was announced. I think he wanted to go. He will go. He's a very, very good manager. And if I was any championship club or any of the teams at the bottom who escaped this season, I'd have him in a shot. I think he's a great manager. Yeah, it was all very strange. But as you say, he, the stories are he insisted on signing Bruce, though he was wanted him he was going to be their saviour and he hasn't scored a goal for them and the man the owner uh, is angry and wanted to put in a director of football or technical director or whatever these different titles are and Wilder wouldn't have it because he's an old school manager and he wants to be in charge of recruitment and transfers so there was surely a big conflict going on there they couldn't sustain it and Wilder thought the easiest way out is not to have the conflict is to leave get a big payout seven million or whatever it is and now there is talk that he's in the frame for the Celtic job that that would puzzle me um, I'm not sure if it's a, a, a step too far but I don't see him in, in that position somehow Eddie Howe is a better bet for Celtic I would think the job of manager of Celtic is, is an un- unusual one in that although Celtic neither Celtic nor Rangers are actually very 
very good and both would struggle in the in the Premier League they're huge clubs and their fans expect them to win every match so you get the pressure of the you know if you like the top four or five English Premier League clubs so it's a good stepping stone for someone like Eddie Howe it's a, a very good job I would think it will give him the opportunity after that job for one of the big jobs in in England Wilder I, I just I can't put my finger on why but I just can't see him as as, as a fit at Celtic to be honest yeah I, have, I had the same impression when I when I heard it I, I can't describe why but it doesn't seem to go together his style of football his style of management and Celtic I, yeah I don't see it either but it, surely he'll be offered another job and as you say maybe top of the championship bottom of the Premier League maybe West Brom maybe they'll get rid of Allardyce and, and call Wilder in to take him back up again that wouldn't be a bad shout um, Bournemouth have got a manager until the end of the season uh, whether they appoint him permanently or not we don't know that could be another one that would be an attractive prospect Bournemouth I think yeah I agree uh, Bournemouth or West Brom would, you know, they're good shouts yeah they'd be, be ideal for him uh, another manager who has left his position this week is Charlton Athletic well ex-manager Lee Boyer who resigned after three years in charge of the League One club he did take him up from League One to the championship then got relegated now they're in eighth just two points off the playoff places and suddenly he's just departed yeah and he's he's departed to be followed almost one second later with <laughs> with with the news that he's he's going to be Birmingham City's new manager which does lead you to think that he'd been tapped up the only way he can negotiate with them is to have resigned and why is he leaving well he's going to get double the money so am I going to stay and get Charlton up or am I going to double my money hmm that's a t- that's a difficult one yeah and I mean the whole thing with Charlton has been absolute chaos for years at that club and I know a Charlton fan who's always going through some sort of apoplexy on Facebook going not another owner not another relegation promotion stroke manager walking out it's like a soap opera at that club it's just always in chaos the only bright spark for Charlton fans is that it's worse at Millwall <laughs> yeah I suppose there is that let's have a little look at what's coming up in Premier League action because we are coming into an international break which we'll have a quick chat about in a moment but Fulham against Leeds on Friday again who knows <laughs> but I, I would like to see Fulham do do that one I think I think they could if they uh, if they play as they have been lately yeah but that's the key against Leeds you have to play your game and this is the uh, you know the, the problem Chelsea had Chelsea didn't impose their game on Leeds Leeds imposed theirs on Chelsea and couldn't keep up with the energy levels I, I think it's very important that Fulham score first I think if they don't Leeds, Leeds will win this so it could be two nil to Leeds or uh, 2-1 to Fulham but it really did, you know can you can you match those energy levels of Leeds and and their movement is is fantastic I'd love someone to do a do a film from above watching their highlighting their players movements and stick it to some sort of music Benny Hill or something <laughs> yeah Keystone Cops it would be fantastic to watch I mean they are absolutely frightening they must be frightening to play against with with all that movement and those energy levels which they keep up for 95-96 minutes it, it doesn't stop which is why um, Bielsa's players always burnt out of the end of the season and why he'd never last very long anywhere but you've got to match those energy levels and you've got to put you know you've got to score early on otherwise they can you know they can run away with it yeah the, the energy levels from Leeds are frightening and now we're all over the pitch and yeah you're right Brighton against Newcastle now Fulham will be looking towards that game that's on Saturday Brighton Newcastle because Brighton are pulling away away 
from uh, relegation. Newcastle dropping into it. Fulham will be hoping that uh, Brighton beat Newcastle, surely. Yeah, if Brighton beat Newcastle and, and Fulham can get a win, Newcastle are in big trouble. I, th- I think Newcastle are in big trouble anyway. They're, they're just praying that they can somehow make it to the end of the season where they are. They've got their best three their three best players that, who are all attacking players. Almiron, Cal- Callum Wilson, Almiron and uh, Sam Maximin all, all out injured. They are comfortably their best players. They're probably the only three Newcastle players who'd get into any other Premier League team. That's where their goals have come from and the players who've scored the goals. So I, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for Newcastle to survive. Even if Fulham don't win this, this weekend, I think they'll get enough points to send Newcastle down. All right, that's uh, that's the Premier League uh, the weekend, but there are also some FA Cup games uh, happening. It's the sixth round. Damage I mean, some, some of these clubs probably don't need us. Bournemouth against Southampton. Yeah, you, you'd have to think Hassan Huttle should s- send out the reserves and uh, rest his players, to be quite honest. I mean, who cares? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is the FA Cup. It's Everton against Man City. Man City in the final of the Carabao Cup against Tottenham. You'd think, you'd think they'd win that. They're going to win the league. This could be a third trophy for them. And they're still in, as we speak anyway, I think they're playing Borussia Mönchengladbach tonight. They're still in the Champions League. So they could do a quadruple and they're away at Everton. Yeah, Zinchenko got told off uh, for mentioning the quadruple the other day by Guardiola. Had a word. We don't do that. We play the next game and you know, and all that sort of stuff. But a quadruple is very definitely on for Man City. I think they'll they'll set out to win this match and set out to win the FA Cup. And why not? We're so close to the end of the season. Why not keep keep the momentum going? Uh, on Sunday, we've got uh, two Premier League games, two FA Cup games. The Premier League, West Ham against Arsenal. Moyes has got to justify his decision to play for a draw at Manchester United by setting West Ham out to beat the Wanderers. And there's a, there is nothing about the Wanderers that should scare anybody. Saka is a very good player player Cresswell who come up against him is a very good fullback so there's nothing to worry about there West Ham's defense should be good enough to keep anything anything the Wanderers try at bay we should win that match so obviously because I say that we won't but nonetheless I'll, I'll, I'll predict a 2-1 West Ham win there oh, I mean I, I think the better team being Tottenham allowing Arsenal to do what they like against them last week I think would give Moyes some pointers about what to look out for and uh, expose Arsenal's weaknesses I'm going to go for a draw Aston Villa against Tottenham I'm going to go for Aston Villa nil Tottenham 2 because it has to be you think Tottenham can score two goals in, <laughs> in one match okay if, if if I take that from you and assume Tottenham score two then I'll say it's a 2-2 draw great Chelsea against Sheffield United not much to say about that 2-3 nil Chelsea I think pick a number but Chelsea win and then what could be seen as sort of second third place playoff uh, Leicester against Man United yeah if if Madison is back uh, Leicester win 2-1 if he's not 1-1 and then that's it and then we've got an international break coming up World Cup qualifiers we haven't even played last year's Euros yet and we're into the World Cup qualifiers Um, not a lot to say about that England are playing Albania and you know whatever Um, so we shall be watching those games hopefully we'll be allowed out at night uh, to go to a bar and watch those games Uh, that's about all we've got time for Uh, we'll be back next week but before we say our goodbyes time for Jeff's trivia question with the answer Liverpool's Pepe Reina playing against Bolton in 2006 gave away a free kick that Gary Speed scored from this is the last time a keeper has been penalised for this offence in the English Premier League what was the offence? he handled the ball outside the penalty area while he was kicking the ball the the linesman decided that the ball was still in his hand as he stepped out of the penalty area. Replays suggested, well, in fact, replays showed and proved that the linesman was wrong. He struck the ball outside the area, but he'd actually thrown it quite legally 
from inside. And obviously, to add insult to injury, Gary Speed scored from the resulting free kick. But that's the last time that offence has been committed in the English Premier League. And not only that, it actually wasn't committed. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that happen for a long time. Now we've got VAR, which they didn't have then. They would have said, seen whether it was that ball was still in his hand or not. But that's a, that's a very strange one. Fantastic. That's all we've got time for. We'll be back next week. I'm Chris Carl. And I'm Jeff Saunders. And that was Hitting the Bar, the football podcast.